Hey guys, if you haven't registered yet for the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, you can save 50% off registration with code LCR. You can follow the link in the episode description. You can also get the link to register for the rally, which is free thanks to our sponsors Echo and several other sponsors. You can click the link in the episode description for that as well. That's Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And if you want to, if you don't even know what the heck I'm talking about, and you want to know the whole history of the rally, you can go ahead and check out episode 86 on my podcast here, the LCR Media Podcast, where Sean Spencer with uh, Spencer Lawn Care and myself go into the origin story of the GIE rally and how it all started. And if you want updates on this year's rally. Uh, all that is on episode 163, just a few episodes ago. So I hope to see you guys there and check out the episode description for all the details. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and on today's IBG episode, this is a a unique first episode for me here. I'm uh, taking a taking a page out of Caleb Allman's uh, playbook here with the Kid Contractor Podcast, where I'm on the road, I'm traveling. I don't have uh, Miss Brittany Allman sitting next to me co-piloting it, so I'm all by myself. Uh, so it's probably a little bit different, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Typically, I'm not good at walking and talking and, you know, patting my head and rubbing my stomach at the same time or whatever. So we'll we'll, we'll see how this goes, how many distractions I might have. Um, but, you know, I figure it's probably uh, similar to what Caleb feels. It's it's a productive time. You're just sitting in a car for, you know, over an hour or hours if you're on a long distance trip or something. Might as well be productive, right? I'm normally listening to podcasts. Well, if I got, if I need to get caught up or I have some ideas and thoughts that I want to get on to my podcast, well, here's a here's a good uh, opportunity to do that. I feel anyway. I've been wanting to try it. I just haven't had a whole lot of opportunities of driving or traveling. So I'm actually out in Texas visiting some of my peers and mentors. I uh, haven't seen them in a while. Get, getting some content, great content with them. I had an excellent conversation with uh, Mar- Marvin Salcedo with Salcedo Lawns on the upcoming episode. Uh, so look forward to that. But I wanted to actually bring up a topic that was kind of an underlining theme with uh, our episode um, that are in our conversation, and it's it's really about you know he Marvin talked about growth and pushing through growth and things like that uh, to like different levels, different phases, and you know try to stay away from slow growth, things like that, and. That over the overall theme with that is something that I've learned over the years from other mentors and from some personal experience about being stuck in the the crash zone. Basically, is 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 what I what I like to call it. You know, you, you ever go to the beach, the ocean? If you haven't, then you don't know what I'm talking about personally. You just have to kind of visualize what I'm saying, which I'm going to say. I'm going to visualize it, but. I mean, I'm going to explain it to give some visual details. But w- when you're going into the ocean, there's typically waves. Most parts of the ocean, you know, that you're going into, there's waves. And there's a point where the waves crash before they kind of level out and they're all bubbly and everything. And then they go onto the shore up to a certain point, depending on the tide and all that. Now, typically, 
depending on how rough the water is and how big the waves are, that cra- that crashing zone, that crash zone can be kind of hectic. And if you get stuck there, you just kind of get pounded and pounded by waves crashing on you until ultimately it knocks you over and you could really hurt yourself, you know, tumble and fumble and bang your head on, on any rocks if there are any, or just even on the ground, the, the, the sand, you know, underneath the water. If you're not expecting it, you know, you might... You might literally drown. You know, you might inhale some water because they caught you off guard and, and it's not good. So the point is, everyone that knows if they've gone into the ocean enough times, they know that you have to get past that point. You know, you, you try and anticipate the upcoming waves so that you're not getting crashed. It's not crashing right on you. And you can just kind of like turn sideways a little bit and just kind of power through quick, you know, quick sidestep through that upcoming wave. Hopefully if you timed it good enough, so that's not crashing right on you, but it's like just about to, you know, sometimes even kind of jump over it a little bit, jump up a little bit. So you're kind of up over the top of the wave. So it's not coming down on your, on your face or your head, depending on how, you know, big the waves are. And once you get past that point, it's a little bit smoother water. It's also deeper water. So you need to know how to swim, right? So, and then there's a stronger current that could pull you out deeper in the sea and, and so on. So it's not like it's like peaceful and perfect. There's new problems or new challenges, I should say, to, to address, to face. So I, I use that. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and that's very similar to what's happening in my business and a lot of businesses, specifically in the lawn and landscape industry with you know, the solo owner operators that either get too big for themselves and now they're, they're spreading themselves thin. They're trying to get everything done by themselves with, with no margin. Uh, if it rains, they're, they're, they're really scrambling. If they have any kind of family or friend or personal activities, they're really scrambling. And if they uh, do start hiring employees and grow past themselves and they have like, say, one crew or even two crews, anywhere, you know, I'd say from, you know, one per- from solo to a couple of crews, that's the crash zone, in my opinion. And, and I've also heard this, and Marvin and I spoke about this a little bit as well. I've heard this from Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire. He's mentioned this before. He, he doesn't, no one says, calls it the crash zone, but they're all, you know, whatever terminology they use at the sweet spot or whatever. Um, the sticking point, maybe, I think, is what some folks have said. Jonathan might have used that term. Just, uh, that's where a lot of businesses kind of stay, you know, and they, that's where they kind of go to, to die almost like a lot of businesses fail and go out of business. A lot of guys just quit, sell everything off and try something different because they just get stuck in that crashing zone. And can you imagine just constantly getting pounded by waves and never moving forward or backward? Uh, I mean, you're always kind of, you, by default, you end up moving backward. The waves knock you back, knock you back. And then you try to go forward again. It just knocks you back. Can you imagine how exhausting that would be? Like literally, like if you were physically trying to do that in the waves, it's, it's not too different from that, from a, a business standpoint, you know, it's, it is physically exhausting, but it's also mentally and emotionally exhausting, constantly having your business kind of beat you back, beat you back. And you take two or three steps backwards, try and take a, a step or so forward. And it's just, it's a back and forth game that gets exhausting. And a lot of folks wonder why they're even doing it. And you know, that they really contemplate a lot of things and try and figure stuff out. And if, if, if this is really the right thing for them and so on, because they just, 
it's hard. It's tough. You know, not everyone's built to be an entrepreneur. Not every business is going to be is going to be super successful or right away, super successful right away. Uh, there's going to be lots of challenges. That's just the way it is. But the the key is to just get past that. Uh, also, I know Jonathan has said before in the past, um, if you uh, a, a lot of guys that are stuck in that sticking point or that the crash zone. They feel like all the problems they have there then are going to be double or triple or whatever when they, if they grow to like a million dollar business. But that's not true. You know, the, the $250,000 to $500,000 business problems are not the same as the million dollar problems. You know, those are gone when you get to a million dollars. Now you have million dollar problems instead of, uh, $500, you know, half a million dollar, quarter of a million dollar problems. So you really got to understand that and not think that it's just going to get worse. The problems you're having when you're stuck in that crash zone are going to be worse. They're actually going to get better if you push through. Just like I said with the waves, if you can get past that, if you can get over those waves, you know, over past the crash zone, then it's, it's, it's not smooth sailing, but it's, it's, smoother water, but there's new challenges, right? There's a stronger current, the, the water's deeper, so you have to make sure that you know how to swim and that you can navigate that properly. So it's a new set of challenges, just like our business. When you push past, you know, one or two crews and you get up to three or four crews, you know, you get past that $500,000 mark and you, that first million dollars is so difficult to get to because there's all these challenges and obstacles. And once you hit a million dollars, it's it's you're past all of those challenges previous and now you're on to new million dollar problems that can be addressed differently you can hire people to address those challenges help you with those challenges you're now not the only one directly dealing with all of these challenges and all these problems uh and it's also becomes easier from what i've been told from marvin and jonathan and a lot of other uh, million dollar companies multi-million dollar companies that i've spoken with it gets easier to push past or to get to the next million dollars, you know, like it's not, it's just not as hard. And it's almost similar, like on social media. I mean, I've, I've known plenty of guys out there that, you know, the first 10,000 subscribers took forever, you know, or, or, or I think, you know, some like, like the big YouTubers out there, the global ones, I think they've said, you know, the first hundred thousand subscribers took forever, you know, I mean, the first five took forever and then 10 and 15, 20, whatever. And then once they got past a hundred thousand, it just started like piling on. It just became like automatic. You know, they still obviously put in the same work, if not more, it's not like they just stopped creating content, but they, they got past so many beginning obstacles, so many things in the first hundred thousand subscribers, just like for our business, you know, the first couple hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of problems and growing pains, challenges, all that from all the behind the scenes stuff, payroll, all the accounting, bookkeeping, finding good good folks, building a strong team, addressing, you know, quality issues so that everyone, you know, is providing the same quality that your clients expect and um being able to keep bringing in new quotes, new sales. And just, just dealing with, with all those things, that's, uh, you know, that all the customer service issues that come with all that, you have to deal with all that, a lot of that by yourself in the beginning. So that's one of the reasons why it becomes very stressful. So I just wanted to kind of focus on this because I've, you know, for just for a short episode here, because I've had 
those issues myself over over time. You know, I've I've had one crew for some time now, just a couple of part timers. You know, a full timer here and there. Um, you know, over the last what four or five years, I think it's been. I'm no expert by any means, but I definitely know what it feels like to be in that crash zone, and it's it's it sucks. It's not a good place to be, and I and I, I'm always trying to reevaluate and try and figure out how the heck I can get out of that that zone. How the heck can I get out of there so that I can be more profitable, so I can be less stressed and ultimately happier? That's that that's the goal, right? I don't want to be dealing with with all that stress and and just be constantly pounded by those waves and of challenges. So, you know, I, I've, I live and learn a lot of trial, trial by error. Also, I pick up on a lot of things and, and listen and ask a lot of questions of my peers and mentors, get content with them about it, share it with all of you guys to hopefully help you. If you're going through the same thing that I'm going through, or you maybe are wanting to grow and you know that it's, you will be going through those phases, you're going to have to go through the crash zone at some point, you know, get through the, 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 those waves and get further into the, into the ocean there so that you can grow, keep growing your business. Then hopefully these things that Marvin and I shared and uh, what a little bit I've been talking about in this episode and probably more episodes to come uh, just when it comes up in conversation with other, other folks, hopefully that will all help you guys. Cause I know it helps me. And that's, that's, that's the goal. Like I want to, I want to I wanna learn and then I want to share. That's always been my premise for creating content. I enjoy the aspect of creating content, but I also enjoy the content itself that I'm creating. I only create content that I want to create. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't typically hop on trends or anything like that. I, I want people to watch and listen to my content. So I try to, you know, I try to find that the, the the, the best ways to title it and explain it. And, you know, I, I want to get capture people's attention so that they can listen and watch my content. But at the end of the day, it's content that I enjoy making because it's content about learning. It's like educational content with some entertainment mixed in. And that's, that's really what, what I en- enjoy making and, and sharing. And hopefully you guys enjoy consuming, you know, listening and watching, listening and viewing. So, with that all being said, I hope that all makes sense. Um, just again, just just to reiterate, a lot of guys go out of business or get stuck f- feeling miserable for 10, 15, 20 years in this industry because they're just stuck in that that bad spot, that crash zone of a, a couple of crews. And you know, some a lot of people are okay navigating that somehow, some way. They're they're you know the two, three crew guys and girls out there and you know they make 500,000 you know revenue they probably getting hopefully they're getting you know 75 to 100,000 of that for them you know uh, they're pr- between salary and profit hopefully if they've got their numbers right and they're doing everything properly they're they're getting a good chunk of that and then the rest is all going to the business you know all the expenses payroll all that kind of stuff um if if not more, you can maybe probably make more than that um, personally as the owner. So, and that's and, that, and if that's all you need and that to live, survive, and and enjoy life, and you're not overly stressed out by all, everything that surrounds that. By meaning meaning you're dealing with all the employee issues, all of the customer service issues, still trying to get you know sell jobs, send out quotes, follow up, 
equipment maintenance, all those things, it's all on you because you typically can't afford at that level to pay for anyone else full-time to be in those roles, like an operations manager that handles all of that stuff. Welcome back to Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Multiforce Pro Force Debris Blower. So I've been focusing on the Toro Multiforce Grandstand because I own that. I was a big fan of that before I was able to finally purchase one when they first came out back in 2016. I saw a lot of capabilities. They only had a few attachments at the time for it. So this is the the grant the Toro Grandstand, but it's a multi-force where they add on the capabilities of putting attachments. It has a hitch receiver on the front, hydraulically controlled, which lifts it up and down, and then you can control the attachments that are attached to it, whether they're powered, um, you know, like, like a power broom or a snowblower, or they're just something that you have to move up and down side to side, like uh, a snowplow and uh, things of that nature. So over the years, they have come out as I predicted, with more and more attachments for it. Um, there's a low-flow hydraulics for the basic moving it up and down side-to-side -side attachments. Then there's the high-flow uh, hydraulics for you to um, utilize the other things like the power broom and the snow th uh, thrower and, and so on. The, one of the first things, actually the first attachment that I purchased at the same time that I got my Toro Grandstand Multiforce was the Pro Force Debris Blower. Now, this is a massive blower. You know, listening to the audio, you can't get the visual. So as always, you can go um, in the show, the episode description and click on the link to go to uh, check it out on Toro.com. So you can see what it looks like. But this thing is massive. It's got a 360-degree nozzle rotation. So it's, just, it's like a massive, like, uh, I don't know, like, like a jet engine blower or something, for lack of a better description. Um, and, and the 360 means you can spin it all the way around so that you don't have to move the mower that you're on. You know, if you're changing directions or just trying to control the pile of leaves or whatever debris you might be trying to move around, um, you can adjust it, you know, uh, by, by turning it all the way around or just a little bit, but it goes completely from one side to the other, just all the way, um, full 360 degree rotation with a 26 and a half horsepower Kohler Command Pro EFI engine that the multi-forces have, it delivers a tremendous amount of air power. So basically you take the deck belt that, uh, drives the mower blades on the, on the mower deck, you take the mower deck off, in most cases for these attachments, specifically the ProForce uh, blower attachment, you, you, you take the deck off and you can uh, put that deck belt, you wrap that around a pulley that's attached to the blower, and that's what makes the blower work. When you engage the blades, you push the button on the mower to, that you would normally engage the blades. What it does instead is it engages the blower. It turns the fan on of the blower and the amount of power that the engine is producing is the amount of power to create the tremendous amount of airflow. When I say tremendous, I mean this thing is really meant for large properties, parking lots, things like that. Like all year round, you know, like whether it be in the winter and there's a lot of sand, rocks, gravel, dirt, salt, all that kind of residue that builds up on parking lots. If you have any commercial parking lots that you maintain, streets, things like that, the whole general area, it's so much easier to just ride up and down with this thing and just blow everything to one side or one corner and, you know, you can also, in addition to that, have you know a guy or guys, girls. If you have anyone helping you, they can come come uh, do the final detail cleanup as you're getting everything corralled. You know, quickly with the big Pro Force blower, they can come in with the their backpack blowers and kind of get it where 
the final stages of where it's got to go or whatever. They can be blowing things. If you're doing leaf removal in the fall, they can be blowing things down out of the yard or into a specific pile, into a specific area. So then while you're going along with the Proforce blower and blowing it into the le- into the woods, or if you're trying to get it all to the curb to suck it up with your leaf vac, you can do that as well. I've done a variety of all these things with this blower. I had a commercial property um, a while back that I, I used this for in that situation for leaves as well as, you know, things would accumulate like like i said rocks dirt sand that would all accumulate so it just made it so much quicker and easier it's so powerful less walking i could just corral everything to a smaller area so that we could be more focused with the backpack blowers in in one area instead of walking around the entire property with the backpack blowers i could just easily zip around with this um, as well as when we were trying to get the leaves from certain properties to the woods or to the curb and, 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 you know, as you know, as you start blowing out mulch beds and blowing through the yard with your backpack blowers, the piles eventually start to get so big that it's just hard to move them with the backpack blowers. Now, there's various other ways you can move those piles when you get to that pile. And there's another attachment that I'll talk about in a future episode, a future uh, Tuesday, uh, Toro Tuesday episode that you can use. But in this case, you can use the blower to do that. Once you get to this massive pile built up and the backpack blowers just aren't working, the backpack, uh, the uh, Proforce blower, you just go right up to it and boom, it just moves that pile like it's nothing. There's also some yards where there's there's a fence and a back gate to the woods. So we would just open the gate. I would just position myself on the on the, the multi-force uh, mower with the Proforce blower just pointing directly at that gate opening. And the guys would come from both sides and they would just keep blowing the leaves into that airflow. And it would just shoot them right through the gate, just funnel them right out. And it, and, and it got everything done in a matter of minutes versus us just constantly going back and forth for you know 30 minutes or what, an hour or whatever, trying to get it all all of them out, all those piles of leaves out with the backpack blower. You could just keep blowing them into the, the air path of the Proforce blower and just shoots them right out. So I was, a, I am, was and am, you know, a big fan of the Proforce debris blower attachment. It's, it's huge. Literally, it's huge. Size-wise, it's, it's massive, which means it produces a, a tremendous amount of, of airflow. So, but again, if you have small properties, this might be overkill in some cases, but it's really great when you have a large amount of leaves to move from one place to the other. Like I said, whether you move them to the curb to suck up or you move them to the, to the woods, as well as commercial properties, parking lots, things like that. It's really, really, really uh, useful for sure. So definitely, uh, if you want the visuals, like I said, Said, and any more specs and information, check out the link in the episode description. You're listening to the LCR Media Podcast. Because you typically can't afford at that level to pay for anyone else full-time to, to be in those roles, like an operations manager that handles all of that stuff. Maybe not the maintenance stuff, but just handles all the customer service and all that, you know, um, training, employees, dealing with employee issues, all that, where then you can just focus on maybe the sales, you know, selling jobs, sending out quotes, that kind of stuff. And, and you know, or maybe you can find a part-time mechanic or so, you know, maybe one of your employees that you got someone on your team is looking for more hours, lo- looking to step things up and they happen to have a knack for, you know, uh, they're mechanically inclined, you know, and you can maybe give, give that as an option. Like, Hey, we can, I can make you full time if, you know, part-time you're, on the crew mowing lawns or treating yards or whatever, whatever it is, you know, landscape maintenance, 
And then, um, you know, a couple of days a week, part, part time, you know, you're uh, working on all the equipment maintenance or, you know, any, any, uh, any breakdowns and things like that you're working on, you know, a couple of days a week or as needed to help fill in your 40 hour work week so that you can be full time because maybe you don't have enough hours to make them full time just cutting grass or something. So th- those, those are some options to kind of get around all that. But at the end of the day, until you get to 750,000 to a million, you can't really afford to have an ops manager, you know, or a, a, a part-time mechanic or full-time mechanic that's dedicated to that. Um, or even like a, a, a receptionist or something, you know, someone in, in the office to answer phones and take care of bookkeeping and paperwork and you know, guys might be maybe calling in, have questions instead of just going directly to you. You know, maybe they can answer a lot of those things, the scheduling issues, stuff like that to help keep some of the things off of your back. So you can focus on whatever it is that you're trying to focus on, getting the work done, helping the guys in the field, selling jobs and so on, all the things that I already said. So at the end of the day, there's a lot to think about. And if you stay in that spot, I, I feel like that's the exception not the norm of people that can survive that and tolerate that. You know, they, they naturally take a couple of steps backwards and then start taking some steps forward and they just kind of go back and forth almost like in cadence with the waves as they crash. Oh, here comes a big one. Let me step back a couple, you know, take a couple steps back and let it crash right in front of my feet or, you know, maybe lower, you know, it won't, I won't get absorbed the entire impact, you know, um, here's some smaller waves. I can take a couple steps forward again, get a little bit further in, things like that. So s- some folks are, are probably good at that, you know, just adjusting to that cadence and going back and forth. But from my experience personally and seeing and getting to know a lot of folks locally and, and online in our community, that it, that's not that's the exception, not not the norm. And it's it's really difficult and it puts people out of business. I mean, time and time again, people are downsizing or going out of business because they get stuck in that crash zone. They don't know how to get past it. So Marvin and I talk about that a little bit more. Uh, he, he talks about it a little bit more than I do with a little more experience than I have, obviously, because he's pushed past that multiple times. You know, he, he pushed his Salcedo Lawns business past a million dollars a couple years ago when I was uh, down there, down here last uh, talking with him, got him on to get to know the pro uh, season two, 2.0. That's also on my YouTube channel. Uh, at long care rookie There's a playlist for get to know the pro episode our season one and season two. He's on season two. And we talk a lot about all that. And at that time frame, he was pushing over a million dollars for his maintenance, lawn maintenance uh, business, a lot of commercial and residential accounts, very efficient, very tight ship, very profitable. I think he had like three or four crews total, including like one furt truck. Um, so just one guy, but that's still technically a crew slash truck. Um, so that, you know, now though, he, since then, which is one of the reasons why he invited me back, his his business has grown so much because he's, he bought a local competitor that was twice the size uh, of, of his business. So he tripled the his technically tripled, you know, like his uh, revenue combining the two businesses together. And then he bought a automotive business that, that he was using sometimes, you know, to get some of his trucks and things fixed right down the street. 
And, you know, the owner gave him an offer he couldn't refuse, basically. You know, they worked something out. They had gotten to know each other before that. And then they asked, he asked Marvin if he wanted to buy the business. And he thought he was joking. And then they, they kind of really got serious about it. And Marvin bought it. And now you can hear the whole story on, on the upcoming episodes. I'm not going to go into all that. We, we call that a tease, right, right, Paul? But uh, it's some good stuff, some big things. You know, now he's, he's uh, over $5 million between all three businesses. That's all obviously coming into his, and not his pockets directly, but you know what I mean? Like Marvin owns all of that, owns those three businesses, owns that $5 million worth of revenue and still growing. You know, he's still looking at the next acquisition. How else can I keep growing now? These new businesses that I have, in addition to Salcedo Lawns, you know, what, what else can, can he do? And that's what he's constantly thinking of. What can he do to keep moving forward, to keep growing, to keep pushing through the next a batch of challenges, you know, the next uh, deep waves, deep water or whatever. So he goes through that much more articulately from experience clearly uh, than I am now. But that's that's something for you guys to look forward to on the upcoming episodes. Excellent, excellent conversation. Always a good time talking to Marvin. And this topic that I just talked about is is something that can really make or break a lot of folks. And it's, it's just not something that... Um, I think we should take lightly because it's, it's just, I, you know, I, I, I care about you guys, you know, and, and, um, I, I just say I care about myself and my family. And if I'm struggling, you know, at times through these different, uh, growing phases of growing pains, I know you guys probably are too. So that's all I got for today <laughs> or for right now. It seemed to be pretty successful m- minus a couple of, you know, random like uh, distractions here and there. Um, but, you know, it's it was safe. It's good. Might do this again in the future. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got, guys. So thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And thank you to all of you for listening. Till the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.